everyone, and welcome to Gorgab. I am your host, Uncle Ponyboy, a.k.a. He Who Walks Behind the Rose, and I am here with my co-host, DJ Gill, a.k.a. Upper Middle Class Voorhees. Upper Middle Class. How are you doing today, my friend? Can't complain. Cannot complain. I can't tell if I'm just really excited about this movie or if it was the Red Bull I chugged before I came over here, but I'm fucking ready to talk about some laid to rest. I know that, and don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of this movie. I know you love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> it's the best slasher, I think, that's come out in quite a while. Since... 87, 88 probably. I mean, I, <laughs> it's that high up on your list. Yeah, yes, I would place this before any other slasher type film other than the classics. I would put this actually above some of the considered classics. Uh, it's so fucking good, man. Well, and I know I, I said I think I said something about it when we were watching the movie. I don't know how much of it is actually like like tongue in cheek, like they know like they're making it bad on purpose or you know, because it's not bad, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that the movie's bad, but, you know, the acting is, it's on par with that stuff from the 80s. Yeah, you know, I, I think it obviously has kind of a candidness to it that kind of hints at the fact that they know what they're doing. I, I, I don't get the, I don't get the feeling that the lead actress Bobby Sue Luther is actually a great actress trying to play badly or anything like that. I, I think that maybe Robert Hall, the director of this, kind of saw that, uh, you that know... porn star quality. That porn star <laughs> quality. The, uh, and just knew that she'd be a perfect fit for a throwback slasher movie. So I, th I feel like this was made in the era of let's make a movie that's like our favorite movies. Oh, from yeah, the 80s. yeah, for sure, yeah. Well, I think Robert Hall, I mean, he's really known for this and the sequel, Chrome Skull, Laser Rest 2. great movie. That really gets into the mythology of the whole thing, man. Yeah, they yeah. take it to the next level with Chrome Skull, for Chrome, sure. Chrome Skull. Uh, and I, again, I think that that'll probably be. Maybe the next episode we could we could do that. Maybe for sure. maybe later on. I'm not. We haven't decided yet. But there's definitely more to talk about in the saga of Chrome Skull. Yeah, let us know if you guys would like us to do the second movie in this series because after hearing this and then watching the movie, which you should do. Yes, this movie. Uh, the other two that we've done have been somewhat hard to access. This one you can stream from Amazon. So if you have a PlayStation 4, Xbox, computer, Roku, whatever. Just go on Amazon. It's like three bucks and you get it for 48 hours. And trust me, you're going to want to watch it for all 48 hours that you have the <laughs> yeah. rental. Just put it on repeat. And make. And what's great about the Amazon stream is it's the unrated version of the movie. Yes, because there is a rated version floating around and it does not contain nearly the amount of gore that the director's cut does, which I believe I just purchased the director's cut. Uh, it was released on September 7th. I haven't gotten it yet, so I'm not sure uh, if there's going to be any special features or anything of that nature, but I am excited that it is the director's cut. So it is available to purchase as well as rent. Um, so there's no reason you should not fucking watch this movie. <laughs> it's that good. It's that fucking awesome. If you like this type of stuff anyway... 
you are not going to be disappointed if you either buy Laid to Rest or rent it or stream it or whatever the hell, rent it. Or go, to, go to Blockbuster <laughs> and rent this movie. And man, I'm telling you, I saw a functioning Blockbuster in the Pacific Northwest a few weeks ago. I don't believe you. Yeah, <clears throat> it was there, man. It was like almost as rare as Sasquatch. <laughs> All right, so are you ready to get into this? I think I think Do you want to talk it? about Laid to Rest? Let's talk about Laid to Rest. Okay, so so we start off with some pretty wicked credits. We got to talk about the credits. I don't think we've talked. This is the first movie we've done where the credits are worth talking about. Just straight off the bat, Laid to Rest gets into some in your face, down your throat, fuck you gore. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. There's like some full on like vivisection going on in one of. Them. I mean, just like a, some person being splayed open. Yeah, yeah. Wide open. Yeah, I, you know, and it. There's, somebody's carving into a person with a gigantic fucking knife. Piggy. They, uh, they, somebody carves, he carves piggy into somebody's stomach, which is, I don't know what that means. Oh, he called, never mind, we'll talk about that I mean, later. We'll get to I'm that. jumping so far ahead it's not even funny. So, the music is by a band called Deadbox in the opening credits, and fantastic band name, by the way. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's, uh... It's pretty much a Nine Inch Nails ripoff type deal. So yeah, we get we, we get these credits with this with this awesome like industrial music going on behind it with some great kill scenes in it right off the bat. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'll speak to this. The I actually think the soundtrack is probably my least favorite portion of this movie. Uh, Not the best, you know. Um, I. I feel like this movie, it works, don't get me wrong, it doesn't spoil anything, it's not terrible for what the movie is, but I still, with that heavy 80s slasher theme, <laughs> would have loved an 80s throwback uh, soundtrack as well, but... We get what we get. Yeah. Um, Dead box came in. We're stuck Deadbox <laughs> killed it. Killed it. Uh, so, but anyways, just right off the bat, we know we're getting into some gore and... Some fucked up stuff. Some good stuff. Uh, so I think that you know, I think that's really all all we need to cover. Is yeah, just, you, <laughs> you'll want to cool. Yeah, you'll want to pay attention <laughs> to the credits. So the movie starts out with uh, this girl played by Bobby Sue Luther, which the character doesn't actually have a name in the movie. She, it's the girl. Yes, she's referenced to as the girl. And and I'll just go ahead and note right here that I noticed that she was a producer of this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and the only thought I have. And this is not true, but just to give you kind of an an idea of uh, Bobby Sue Luther, to me it seems like she was maybe into like some porn or something, and then decided that she wanted to be a real actress, and then decided to pour her porn money over into producing a movie that she starred in. Again, probably not true, but those are just the vibes I get from her. Yeah, she has that... Uh... She's got like that deer in the headlights thing going on, man. She doesn't seem like she's a. She's definitely not a seasoned actor. No. Or it doesn't seem like she is anyway. No. And uh, so she wakes up in a casket, and she's trying to get out of this thing, like just banging, going fucking crazy in this apparently locked casket. Yes, locked from the outside. I I don't know how c- caskets function. Um, I've never been in one, but my understanding is that you you could just open them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't... I mean, it's usually... I would assume... Put a dead person inside. Right. uh, And they're not going to open it, for one. And number two, if you are alive inside a casket, 
it doesn't need to lock because you need to get out. So right. I don't see. I mean, it's like a safety mechanism. It shouldn't lock, <laughs> right? You know. So you know, you know something, something weird's going on right off the bat. She's in this locked casket, going crazy, just acting her ass off. <laughs> and yes. this, it cuts to outside of the casket, and there's an old man standing there with keys. Yeah. Right. So. This guy knows something about what's going on here. She fucking thrashes and goes crazy until she knocks the casket over. And then the locked <laughs> casket pops right open. The whole fucking top comes off me. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> understand how this thing could be so hard to break out of yet. Like, it takes a tumble and the whole fucking top just pops off. That does not make any sense. Not the Probably not the best craftsmanship. No. Or, I, or great craftsmanship. I don't fucking know how the thing's it, supposed to function. That's true. I mean, maybe that is a safety feature. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It locks, but if you roll it, it, yeah. it pops the top. So she jumps out. Looking like she's going to a business meeting. Uh, she's wearing... Oh, yeah, yeah. Wearing, like, some slacks and a button-up shirt. And, and some the biggest gold Weird belt. fucking <laughs> belt. Uh, it literally runs from her... The top of her jeans to the underboob area. Yeah, it's a massive belt, like uh, like a costume belt. Oh yeah, it's huge or yeah. something. So she, she wakes up and stumbles off, holding her arm, which is somehow giving her a limp. Uh, <laughs> right. she, she's limping and holding her arm, uh, and. At this point, have we established... I don't know. She walks over to the phone and, like, there's... She picks it up and looks at it like she has no idea what to do with this She remembers phones, but she doesn't know who to call or anything like that. Luckily, someone has put a uh, handwritten note next to the phone that says, Emergency 911. And this... Okay, so this is one of my favorite parts of the whole... One of the best lines of dialogue in the entire movie. She picks up the phone... 911 operator picks up and they're asking her where she's at. Like, can you get to tell us where you're at? Can you give us an address? Can you see any landmarks? And all she says is, I was in a box. <laughs> I was in a box. She apparently has amnesia. Um, yeah. And does not know what's going she on. She doesn't know what's going on. But, and this is, again, I mean, maybe we should bring in somebody that, like, a doctor or somebody with a scientific mind to explain to us. How amnesia works. Yeah, yeah. Because in my mind, amnesia works as you have short-term memory loss where you don't remember things as they happen, or you have like long-term memory loss, so you remember things in the interim, but you don't remember stuff from before whatever caused the amnesia. Uh, but she just seems to not remember anything, including... Like names of some things. words. <laughs> yeah. Like she knows how to speak and talk, and she knows English, but like she can't think of funeral home or oh yeah, uh, yeah. She can't think of the word casket. She just says she's in the box. Yeah, I was in a box. In a box, and so, and, and we'll see this played out throughout the entire fucking movie where she like doesn't know the name of stuff, <laughs> and so she like puts two adjectives together to describe things. And it is fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's funny every single... It happens a bunch of times, and it is funny every single so, time. I, I mean, part of me is like, this is stupid, but also I'm so happy that it <laughs> happens, because yeah. it is fucking hilarious. And just, guys, I'm going to warn you right now, be prepared for a long episode, because we love this movie. Yeah, there's so much to talk about here. I've watched it three or four times in the last week just prepping for the podcast because I wanted to make sure I had every talking point down that I wanted to hit. 
there's so much to digest here. And again, I, I would recommend at least renting, if not renting, buying, because there's so much like value in rewatching this movie over and over. Oh, over and over, and over again. again. Yeah, it's so great. So she she calls nine one one. She talks to nine one one operator while she's on the phone with the operator. She looks over and there's an open. It's like a morgue type mm-hmm. area, and there's a a drawer that's open and there's a a body laying there under a sheet. So she decides then. I'd better go investigate this body for whatever fucking reason. And so she lifts the sheet up off of this body, and, it, and it's some old lady who's been cleaned out by the uh, funeral director, uh, yes. mortician, whatever She's obviously being prepared for burial. She's got the large T-shaped cuts uh, to... Organs removed. Organs removed. And this is a fucking gross-looking body, dude. It is, yeah. It's not dis- It's not even, like, a gory thing. It's just, like, the, the way it's... It's, like, gray and saggy, like an old person. Yeah, well, it is an old person. I mean, and it I, is a dead body. And I don't know if this is a... Um, I don't know if that's, like, a person with makeup on or if it's, like, just a prop. Like Yeah, a, yeah, I don't like know. A silicone... Uh, doll or what? It, anyways, it's fucking crazy good looking. Like it looks like some high quality stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So she, she as she's walking over to <laughs> to to look at this body that she sees, the phone cord literally it doesn't unplug or pull off the wall or come out of the uh, come out. It just literally like breaks off, splits. Like there's yeah. wires hanging out of the bottom of the phone. Like it splits and just pulls apart. And she somehow doesn't notice this. No, she's still sitting there holding the phone thinking she's on hold with 911. 911 puts you on hold a lot, from what I can tell. <laughs> yeah. So she she walks over and she hears a noise out in the hallway and looks out the window. And this is when we get our first glimpse, our first awesome glimpse of Chrome Skull. <laughs> yes. The best fucking villain of all time. It's a dude with a... He's got a camera on his shoulder. Camera on his shoulder. This dude is massive, by the way. I'm not sure... Uh, Nick Prince, Principe? I, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. But dude dude looks... I don't know if it's just the way it's shot or if he actually is of large stature. He looks but, like a big dude. But he looks... You know, he's broad shoulder, head to toe, dressed in black, bald head. He's got a camera on his shoulder and just a fucking... Chrome skull. <laughs> yeah, he's got this chrome-plated mask that he wears of a skull on his face, and it is pretty awesome. It's so cool. Yeah, it's super cool. He's a it, super cool-looking dude. It's just one of those where... So, in, in a lot of horror films, there's, like, a CGI... I mean, this really throws back to the slasher because it's a... It's, it's someone... It's a monster. It's not like in... Um, some slashers where it's just like, you know, like in Friday the 13th where it's Jason's mom or in uh, throwing it back to Blood Rage where Terry's just killing people. It's not a person. I mean, it is a person, but but there's some air of mystery like a Michael Myers or a Jason. Right, yeah. Um, oh, where yeah. it's a masked person that seems indestructible. But it also still like is kind of, I mean, and maybe some people would think it's it's cheesy, but like I feel like it it it's shot in a way that it sometimes... He comes across as very creepy and very oh, intimidating. Yeah. There's a couple shots in the movie of just his his face, or not not even his actual just face, his mask. the mask of him like peering through something or black. popping out from somewhere, and it's just it's creepy. Yeah, he's got just dead black eyes behind yeah, it, yeah. and man, it I like that. That's the biggest part of this for me is they I like 
they really fucking nailed this thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and you just get such an awesome classic feel, like, from how Chrome Skull behaves throughout the movie and, the you know, the way he moves, the way he's, uh, you know, he you can hurt him, but you can't stop him. Right, yeah. Uh, and, and, like, he j- it's just a really awesome throwback to 80s slasher favorites like Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy, that kind of stuff. Um, so... Anyways, back to the plot. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the she, girl... She sees him. Uh, who I'm going to go ahead and refer to her as uh, slutty office Cleopatra. <laughs> okay. I don't know why, but the belt just reminds me of Cleopatra. It's a pretty awful belt. Uh, and maybe slutty's not the right word, but... Yeah, whatever. It's whatever. It'll work. It'll work. Yeah, we're, we're just going to... Uh, we'll play around with something. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, she, see, we'll she, see what sticks. She, yeah. she sees Chrome Skull out the window and then proceeds to just pass the fuck out. Like, I mean, hits the ground, boom, she's asleep. And yes. I don't know if... I don't think he saw her, but she just passes the fuck out in the floor and wakes up to the old man... With the keys. With the keys to let her out of this hellhole. We don't even know what, what's going on here or what this place is other than there's a bunch of dead bodies everywhere. So as the old man is going to unlock the door, Chrome Skull comes up behind him and just fucking fucks him up with some some rebar. It looks like rebar or something. Yeah, I you know, uh, I think it is a piece of rebar. Yeah. He just stabs it right into this old dude's gut. And he just projectiles blood all over the, the window right on Bobby Sue Luther's face, well, not on her face, which would be that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, but it just hits the hits the glass right in front of her, and she kicks the door open because I guess the old man got oh, it unlocked got it in unlocked. time. Yep. And as she kicks the door open, uh, Chrome Skull gets his first injury. <laughs> the rebar goes directly into his eye socket. Yeah, and he shrugs that shit off, man. Doesn't give a fuck. No, he, it does not phase him one bit. He just yanks that fucking thing out of there and moves on. So the girl, uh, runs off, um, and then we kind of cut to the movie title, which she is still holding her arm and... uh, Horrible limp. And limping. Horrible limp. It looks like she's, like, hyperextended her knee or something. yeah. She's running down the road, and this is where we, we see a car pull up, and uh, this is after the scene, the first cut scene and everything, uh, and Goldberg steps out of the car. <laughs> Bill Goldberg. <laughs> the famous wrestler. Uh, just kidding. This is actually uh, a, a guy named Kevin Gage. His name is Tucker in the movie. Steps out. Kind of asks her what's going on. This is where we see she's doing like a little potty dance too. Yeah, she's yeah, it's really strange. While she's watching him walk up, so uh, and we see that her feet are all injured, all this stuff. And he's a he's a good old boy. Good old boy. He's from the holler. The holler, which is a I guess that means hollow. (laughs) I guess that's something that people say. Yeah, um, apparently. And Uh, so he asks her where she's from, and her response is. I'm from where the dead people are, <laughs> which makes absolutely no sense. She, okay, so that's what, <laughs> that's what that's we're talking about. Yeah, that's what's hilarious is that she's on the run from this psychotic killer and she cannot get a single fucking word out to help herself in any way. She, she just doesn't, like I said, this is just like a, not a type of amnesia I am familiar with no, where no, you forget the names of things. 
I mean, I understand you can forget the names of people and you can forget events, but are you going to forget like funeral home or like mortuary or like, right? Yeah, you know, or a fucking giant murderer carrying two humongous knives and wearing a chrome face? Oh, right. I mean, like, what? Why does she not have any words? To use other than stupid shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Tucker uh, gives her a ride back to his house, um, where we probably run into the biggest anomaly in this movie. <laughs> Cersei Lannister. Uh, Lena... Le- I don't know how to say her name. L- Lena Hetty uh, is in this fucking movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. This was before Game of Thrones. This was before Game of Thrones, and I get that, like, but... So the only way I can describe this, so she's she does a like a southern accent, um, and she interacts with with the girl and with Tucker, and there's it's, I mean it's like watching like Michael Jordan play <laughs> with like a a peewee team, like she's just fucking dunking all over these. Guys. Oh yeah, her acting is it, so much better than everyone else that it's it's almost distracting. Yeah, it, it does not fit because she is leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else in this scene. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I just I don't know why. Or I mean, I guess like I said, she you know was maybe just you know looking for work or whatever. But this is a this is just one of those things where you do not expect it. Yeah. And she just fucking crushes it in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, it just makes everybody look kind of stupid. Yeah, it, you know, um, and she, she, she does really well. So we, we have a discussion between Tucker and her, where uh, he, he thinks she's a prostitute. He thinks that, no, or she, she thinks, thinks that, the girl. <laughs> I hate saying the girl yeah, because we, it I, sounds like we're talking about some random I, fucking person. You know, I yeah, I'm not sure. Let's just call her Business Cleopatra. From okay, now on. so she they're talking about Business Cleopatra, and the wife, uh, Tucker's wife, which I guess she doesn't have a character name, just Tucker's wife. Just Tucker's wife. She thinks that uh, that the girl Business Cleopatra <laughs> looks like a prostitute, which she's definitely. Dressed business casual. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand this. Like, I mean, and I guess I mean, listen. I don't know if we want to spoil this now. Uh, we will find out that she is in fact a prostitute. Yeah, and it, we. I was gonna say we will spoil it for yeah, you. We're, so. we're gonna spoil it right now. She she is a prostitute uh, in her previous life that she has forgotten. But but here's the deal: is like, so Lena H- Hetty is fucking right. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. like I don't know. She seems like a prostitute. Uh, it's kind of backhanded to the audience when you think about it, because you're like, man, she's kind of a bitch. Why would she immediately think that she's a prostitute? And then you're like, wait, she is a prostitute. You find out she is a prostitute, and then that begs the question of why is this prostitute dressed business casual? Oh, she is looking nice, especially <laughs> with her giant golden belt. <laughs> you know. I, so, anyways, there's this whole discussion of. Kind of like who she... They're trying to figure out who she is, where she's from, what's going on. Um, none of it really matters all that much. No, it's not. It's pretty unimportant. Uh, I mean, one thing we can take away from it is that Tucker's wife makes the best fucking bacon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to love my wife's bacon, <laughs> which... 
That comes up a couple of times. I don't know if she slaughters her own pigs and makes her own bacon, and it's just super special because of their diet. I don't understand how you make bacon any better than it already is. Uh, yeah, or I mean, any worse. <laughs> so there really, there's only like one thing that factors into bacon, and it's how long it's cooked. Oh yeah, exactly. So I, you know. Maybe she just has the perfect timing. Well, yeah, but you don't even have to be a good cook to make some perfectly cooked... You could fuck up and make some perfectly cooked bacon. That's true, but Tucker's wife makes <laughs> the best bacon. So, after this conversation, after Tucker offers up the morning bacon at 5.30 a.m., right. uh, we cut to Chrome Skull predator style fixing his eyeball he's got like a fucking suitcase full of items to work on him his own body he gets stabbed in the eye and whips out the chrome skull field kit (laughs) and stabs himself in the eye with a hypodermic with a needle to numb i don't know what he's doing i don't know if he i don't know if he's like injecting pain medicine directly into his eyeball or if it's like a numbing agent, like some kind of anesthetic. I Maybe clotting uh, something. I don't know because dude just got eyeball destroyed with rebar and just put some shit in it. Glues his mask back to his face. Yeah, he uses like model glue or something (laughs) to glue his mask on to his face. Which honestly, this may be part of the reason why he's such a murderous person. I mean, he's had, obviously had long-term exposure to some sort of model <laughs> Just adhesive. Just constantly huffing glue, <laughs> like all day, every yeah. single day. And I'm telling you, man, this field kit looks like it's got everything you could possibly need. Uh, giant brass knuckle knives, <laughs> uh, <laughs> surgical tape, syringes, hydrogen peroxide, yeah. uh, you name it, uh, it it's in there. That's better than the first aid kit on my work truck. I, you know, it's... It is a full, I mean, it's a full full setup here. And, and we're going to find out through the movie that uh, Chrome Skull has a lot of gadgetry. He's oh, kind yeah. of like the Batman of serial killers. Yeah, oh yeah. Some very high-tech technology on some very low-tech tools, too. <laughs> yes, he uh, he does some crazy shit with, uh, with his murderings. Yeah, he's... He's a good murderer. He he is very skilled at murdering. He's a top top five murderer. Top five. Uh, yeah. I mean, so he just fixes himself up, and uh, then we it, go. It goes to uh, so so Tucker's wife has gone to bed, and Tucker stays up to help the girl, business Cleopatra. Yes. Uh, dab her head wound, which is like the tiniest little cut that I've ever seen yeah so she has like a serious like meltdown like i like this would be the kind of shit like on a on a doctor show like when they (laughs) ask people like on the pain scale where are you at she's throwing out strong tens here yeah it's like a you are not the father type (laughs) moment (laughs) yeah and and like it's nothing there's like oh no she's taking a shower and the water hits her head, and she hits the fucking floor, screaming. So, and then you're so you're expecting this like big gash that she's gonna need staples in or something, and it is not that. No, it's a tiny little uh, injury. It's a scratch. And, and this is really uh, so that I mean that's gonna let us know from here on out uh, how well she handles pain. <laughs> I mean, obviously she's limping from a shoulder injury, um, so. Well, <laughs> She just obviously doesn't process and handle pain very well. Right. So so Tucker 
dabs this wound with a dry rag. Yeah. Which apparently that's the proper way to clean a wound. You Anesthetic. Just, you just uh, get a dry rag. Not needed. Yeah, no, just just dab. Just or dab. Antiseptic, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no no cleaning necessary. Just dab the fuck out of it with a like a rag. Yeah, oh yeah. So the the whole, you know, they sit there, they they tend to her wound, they're talking. Uh Tucker decides to go in there and check on his wife because he hears a noise. Mm-hmm. So he runs into the bedroom. The door is locked. He can't get in there. So he finally busts the door open and comes in, and she is leaning out the window. Yes. With the window closed down, like around her like shoulder area, and he runs over and looks out, and there's Chrome Skull Chrome tapping Skull. his fucking gigantic murder knife up against the window, just taunting Tucker. Yeah, you know, and this uh. This from kind of this scene reminds me of uh, it came out after it, but I don't know if you guys have seen Hush. Um, Great movie. Another yeah, this uh, a really good movie. Uh, but there's a scene in that movie where uh, she's in the bedroom and the killer is outside of the bedroom window, and it it just kind of like that's what it kind of reminds yeah, me. Yeah, oh yeah, of, yeah. Um, would be so if you've seen that, you can imagine the situation. But um, so basically. Chrome School's like taunting them, and Tucker and uh, Business Cleopatra run outside for some reason. <laughs> and uh, instead of pulling her back in the window, right? And so there's a scene where uh, basically Chrome School says like, "I want Business Cleopatra," and Tucker's like, "No, take me." Blah blah blah, all this shit. Anyways, he just ends up fucking stabbing the fuck out of her head. He murders the absolute shit out of her. He, he, okay, so guys, th- this movie has some of the coolest special effects that I've seen in a long time. It's practical, mostly practical. Mostly practical. And, like, I mean, he literally takes this knife, jams it in the side of her head, and then t- uses the knife to stick her head to the side of the house and then when he removes the knife, he grabs it and he fucking just twists it and turns it. And her head's like tearing open and like, it's it's brutal. It is, yeah. And it looks real as shit. Oh yeah, it looks awesome. Like, it looks so good. And like, that's what, uh, the kills in this movie are so far above anything I've ever seen. Oh, as it's far great, as, man. As far as gore goes and like murders... This is some of the most graphic and like fucking realistic, beautiful. Man, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's man. weird to describe it as beautiful. No, but, I get it. But I like, it. it is. It looks so good. Um, and it's like it's a low budget movie too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, uh, they I, they pulled off some pretty incredible stuff. I mean, you know, considering what they were working with. I mean, the, the budget couldn't have been huge for this. And, and like you said, man, it's it's almost beautiful to see how how. Uh, great the special effects are. I mean, because, you know, I mean, how many fucking horror movies do you watch or that I've seen where the, you know, the, the kills can take you out of it because they fucking look so fake. You yeah, know? or they just, they just don't, yeah, or that, you know, they just don't show much. Right, yeah. Um, which is like an easy way to cover up, you know, the fact that you don't know what you're doing. Right, Uh-oh. well, in some, in some stuff, it's more intense to keep it off screen. But you know when it when it comes to a movie like this, you've got to have that stuff. Yeah, in yeah, you, you got to do the the Prowler, the My Bloody Valentine, that type of shit, Maniac, like those type of movies, just fucking kill it. And this movie is right there with all those classic like '80s splatter movies. Yeah, no, there's some some great 
great murders in this. Um, so anyways, he uh, he kills Tucker's wife, and that's going to be it for Lena Hetty. Yeah, she uh, was she was really needing some work that year. Yeah, because it you know she just uh, a little ten minute clip of the movie that she's in. So but, it cuts to uh to. to to her, her brother shows up because he saw Tucker well, they, pick up the girl. They run off into the woods, right? Or yeah. no, to the car. They run off to Tucker's truck. Along the way, Chrome Skull gets stabbed again with like a stick or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, and this plays into the, like the Halloween Michael Myers where he continuously is getting hurt constantly, but just keeps fucking. Oh coming. yeah, doesn't uh, even phase him. Unkillable. Man. So yeah, so. This Ralph Macchio in his 40s lookalike uh, guy rolls up who is uh, Tucker's wife's, which I believe I just remembered her name is Cindy. Uh, oh, that, that may be what it is. Uh, yeah, maybe we just did not even look and see what her character's yeah, name was. But anyways, he pulls up because he see earlier he saw t- uh, Tucker pick up uh, the girl in the middle of the road and he's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so he sneaks up with his girlfriend. Yeah. He said, he tells her like, you know, I saw him, you know, he's cheating on her, blah, blah, blah. So they, they pull up literally right as Tucker and, and business Cleopatra leave. Right. And they see this big, uh, this big, like Chrysler 300 style black car sitting there. All blacked out. So, you know, you know, obviously they're suspicious, so he goes over to check it out, and the girl the girl cracks me up because it okay. So the the license plate very clearly says Chrome Skull, <laughs> and she looks at it and she's like, Chrome Scales, you know, like she just cannot figure out what this her, thing says. Her first guess is right because the first thing she said is Chrome Skull, and then yeah. she's like Chrome Scales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, what serial killer that wears a Chrome Skull mask puts? Chrome skull on their license plate for their car. Dude's got some balls, man. He's ballsy. Chrome balls. Some <laughs> solid chrome testicles. Does not on this give guy. a fuck. Not a single one. So, so he goes and checks out the car, and he comes back to his girlfriend, and he leans in, and he's telling her he'll love her forever or something, some bullshit. Right. And as he's leaning in, talking to her, favorite kill of the movie. Favorite for me, kill dude. of all time. Yeah. So. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I don't, I don't even know how to describe this and and get the point across of how fucking great this is. You should, I, I mean, I'm sure you can find this clip on YouTube. If you're not oh, going to yeah, watch yeah. the movie, go watch this scene. <laughs> yeah. This is top one kills. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Th- that I have ever seen. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And he comes in, so he's leaning, kind of, kind of leaning into the window, like you know, telling his girl how much he loves him. And this knife, dude comes out of nowhere, thrown, like, super high velocity, <laughs> enters his fucking cheek on one side, exits on the other. And what's great about it is there's no there's no cut at no, all. No, no. Like, this thing fucking hits him so hard that his head jerks to the side, and then it doesn't cut away at all. No, this fucking knife just, is just sh- all the way through his face. Yeah, and he's just, like, looking at his girl with, like, blood pouring out of his mouth. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and this is, I guess this is where, this you, this scene gets lost in the edited version, uh, because in the unedited version, Chrome Skull then approaches the car, grabs the knife that is sticking out of his cheek, and fucking just pulls up on it and cuts the top half of his face off. Yeah, but his, it just falls off. So he's sitting there with this, like, sawn-off face hanging over his girlfriend while she's 
freaking out in the back seat. And, Wait, understandably. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would too. It, 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 I'm just, I cannot say enough how amazing this kill is. Yeah, it's so It is good. then followed up by some hilarity. Yeah. The, the cell phone is on the dash and she's trying to reach for it. And like, the only way I can describe this is like, like when a kid knows he's in trouble, like, like, like a kid, there's something sitting on a table and you tell the kid not to grab it, and they look at you dead in the eye, and they still try and grab it. It's like and, she's and testing crime. And you see, scold them or whatever, or like, or like an animal, like that you know knows it's not supposed to be messing with something, and it just like tries anyway. Yeah. She, she tries to grab the phone, and he just stabs the shit out of her hand. Yeah, and then oh yeah, like right between her fingers, and then like she pulls it back, so it basically separates her hand right. between her four fingers, it cuts her hand open, and, and then he and then he gets her with his knife. Yeah, she does this weird, like, uh, peekaboo shit with him. Yeah, she rolls out of the car. He's on one side of the car. She rolls out, and she's, like, looking for him, and he's just crouching on the other <laughs> side of the right? car. He's just crouched on the tire, and she thinks so he's she, gone. So she, she gives it about, like, ten seconds, yeah. and then she's like, okay, he's gone. <laughs> right, runs off, chrome skull fucking pirouettes out from behind the car, <laughs> And in one swift motion, cuts her gut open. Yeah, and then she runs off like 50 yards. Well, I don't think it actually even like explicitly shows that he had cut her either. Because she's like running away and the camera like does that horror movie like pan down to the wound. And right. she's like holding her stomach and it's like opening up and like her intestines are falling out and stuff. And it looks so good, man. Like, oh, it's, a, it's great. It man. all looks good. So, uh, that's the end of that scene. Uh Top five moments of this movie. I, I, this might be my favorite part of the movie. I, I I just love that scene. It is definitely my favorite part. Uh, of the movie. Yeah, so if you're not going to watch the movie, at least go watch the scene where the dude gets his face carved off. Because it's fucking beautiful. So after driving for however far they drove, they stop it. I'm assuming the first place they see because... They just go right up to this house. I don't. I. They don't. There's no like explanation as to why they chose this place. It's just they're there. It's unexplained. So they knock on the door, and this guy opens it, which is uh, Sean Whalen, which he's been in quite a few movies. Yeah, he just kind of always plays the same like nerdy, stupid guy, like where he's like has like computers like in this movie he has like computers and shit yeah yeah and he's like nerdy but he's also really fucking stupid <laughs> yeah he, he is the nerdiest nerdy stereotype that you could possibly be minus the intelligence right <laughs> right yeah no he's an he's an idiot right for sure yeah <laughs> so they show up and they knock on his door steven just lets them right in and they go over and they start telling steven about the murders that are happening and you know of course she lets him know that she came from where the dead people are, and then she was in a, a box or whatever. Help, no help whatsoever. No. And, and they, they say something about trying to call the police or something, but he's like, I don't have a phone because I have a computer. And it is a 1989 CRT monitor. Like, this dude is kicking it old school. Right. Well, this came out in what, like 2009? Yeah, 2009. Yeah. And like, I mean, <clears throat> desktop computers were still a thing back then, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, this dude has like 95 set up. Oh, yeah. Like, probably running Windows 95. Yeah, like dial up shit here. Uh, and 
So the only way for him to contact the police is to send them an email. <laughs> send them an email. And, and so they like, they fucking dilly-dally forever on this. Like, they're like doing like research on like FBI's most wanted. And like, I'm guessing they're trying to put together a backstory for Chrome Skull here. Well, they do actually find some information because they find out that there's been a, a, a serial killer, basically, that wears a camera on his shoulder. And this whole time... Tucker is like blown away by the technology. <laughs> yeah. This dude has never seen a fucking computer or the internet in his life. Why don't you send him one of them the electronic mails? Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he just says like the kind of shit that he's no from, one hey, listen, says. Man, he's from the holler, okay? <laughs> he is from the holler. So, 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 uh, Steven starts, uh, digging around and finds out that the last place. One of these things happened was in Miami. Yes. And then there was a girl that was kidnapped from Miami. So they go to look up information about this person. And which I feel like we need to just quote on, like, they, in this scene, they have Chrome Skull listed as, like, America's most wanted, like, right next to Osama bin Laden. <laughs> which is just fucking awesome because uh, he's Chrome Skull, man. He, he's up in the leagues with Osama bin Laden. They call Chrome Skull. Bin Laden of the Holler. That's what that's what he's known as in the in the hood. In the holler, down in the old holler. Uh, so we're still just doing like all this research here. We, we kind of get some backstory of like maybe uh, business Cleopatra is lost from somewhere in Miami, uh, but we're not sure yet. So th this all boils down to they're like they're like we're gonna we're gonna leave because he obviously wants business Cleopatra. So, like, the safest thing for Steven to do at this point would be to stay put, maybe? Yeah. I don't know, because maybe Chrome Skull will come there looking for business Cleopatra and murder him, but if he goes with them, he's for sure dead. Oh, yeah, because, for sure. Because Chrome Skull is looking for yeah. business Cleopatra. And he makes it very clear that he has a funeral the next day. Yeah, he doesn't... I don't... I guess his... his his mom was just, like, just died or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which I don't know if you realize this or not. I just figured this out when we were watching it earlier. That's his mom yeah, at you, the beginning I, of the movie. Uh, yeah, I, I pieced this together okay, while I didn't know. watching okay. the movie. Okay, gotcha. Uh, just not, not here, but later events revealed this to me. So you're basically saying I'm an idiot. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So they uh, decide to all leave... Together. To go to the police station, which is 100 miles away, according to Tucker earlier. Yeah, earlier in the movie, Tucker makes the statement that the nearest police station is 100 miles away. Um, they get there fairly quick. Oh, yeah, within seconds. <laughs> it's, it's movie time, but it still seems like a very short amount of time. So they, they pull up, and they're, you know, obviously something something is awry at the police station because the... They just walk behind the counter. Like, nobody greets them. There's nobody at the front desk. And, like, the caged, locked door is open. Um, and so they walk in, and, then, like, Chrome Skull has set up an elaborate uh, trap here. Somehow he got there first and set up all this shit. I don't understand how he did it. Yeah, so, you know, there's a, a series of events where they're... There's, we're led to believe that Chrome Skull is in a cell, 
Um, you can see him through the cell door. He's got the camera on his shoulder. Facing toward the door of the facing cell. Facing towards the door. Um, they try and like radio the sheriff. And there's a weird response like, I hit him with my car. Uh, I'm in the supply closet or something yeah, like yeah. that. And so they, they're they kind of looking around. There's dead they, bodies everywhere. There's dead bodies thing. everywhere. And they radio him again and they receive the exact same response. At that time, the cell door is pushed open. <laughs> first, first, Steven goes to the supply closet and opens it. Okay, and he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, good news. There's no sheriff in here. First of all, that's terrible fucking yeah, news. Bad news. <laughs> yeah. So they go back in, and she's still the girl standing there, business Cleopatra. Yes. Looking in the cell and touches the cell door, and the cell door swings open. Yeah. With Chrome Skull in there, who we think is Chrome Skull. Then Chrome Skull appears out of nowhere and attacks. Yes. Goes right for her. Uh, the attack is deflected by Tucker, and somehow there's a, a collision, and they run into the cell door, which just flies off the hinges. Yeah. Because I know, I know, like, most cell doors are, uh, prison cell doors just... This was made of balsa. Uh, right. <laughs> it just crumples. Uh, but... Anyway, so we find out that the sheriff's dead. Chrome Skull then goes, you know, they run off. Chrome Skull grabs his camera, puts it back on his shoulder. There's a scene where Chrome Skull gets stabbed uh, again <laughs> in, in the leg. And uh, in the process, Business Cleopatra is cut across the arm, which she acts like is the worst injury of all time. <laughs> Again, uh, when they get, when they leave, she basically just lays in the back seat and acts like she's going to die. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Well, uh, somehow, she talks them into going back to the funeral home. Right, because that makes sense. Because she wants to remember. All right, what happened to she her? She wants to remember what she couldn't remember to begin with. And she had already been there once, and it obviously didn't help her in any way. No, and, and so we, we have this weird scene where they're like, they're they're gonna drive. They're driving, and for some reason they stop there instead of just being like, "No, dumbass, we're not going back there." Why did they go back they, that they way just, to begin they, with? I don't know, but they just <laughs> stop. They just stop there, and then she gets out of the car and um, wanders over to the funeral home and just stands in front of the sign like uh, an idiot. <laughs> she, like she looks like an idiot. This is she's just acting so stupid and. So Tucker's like, well, you get out of here, Steven. I'm going to stay with her. I can't let this girl. But he doesn't even fucking know, man. Like You said while we were watching it, you were like, I'd say fuck it and be gone. I would drive off because this girl is obviously dumb. You know, maybe at some point there's like, you feel responsible to in getting her to safety. If that's the case, get her back in the car and get the fuck out of there. Well, and for all we know, this is like a South Korean revenge flick, and she's the bad guy, and Chrome Skull's just out for a little revenge because she murdered his whole family or something. Like, they know nothing they don't, about this girl. They don't know what's going on, but yet they're just playing into her uh, every whim, even though she has weird amnesia. So, basically, Tucker and Business Cleopatra... Uh, go back into the funeral home. Steven goes to park the car, um, which he parks next to the hearse. Yeah. And this is kind of a... This is where I pieced together that his mother was at the funeral home. That was her right. body at the beginning. <clears throat> because 
He parks next to the hearse, and then there's this creepy-ass scene where his mother's dead body, like, leans up in the window of the hearse and is, like, staring at him and scares him. And well, right before that was whenever he had the trinket. What was he doing? Okay, listen, if you guys watch this movie... Yes. <clears throat> when Steven is in the car next to the hearse... Tell us what the hell he's playing with in the car. Because he's, like, taking these little things and pulling them off and sticking them on the dash. And they don't look like fucking... Yeah, they, they look like little for, pieces of plastic. We could not figure out what it was supposed to be, so... Uh, <laughs> anyway, just, I just had to throw that yeah, out Yeah, just if you figure that out, please let us know, because we are interested. I am stumped at this point. Right. I don't know what's happening. So, so here we hit kind of a little lull in the action. Yeah, and, and Steven gets freaked out, so he enters the funeral home as well and joins... Tucker and and business Cleopatra, which and we then cut to a scene where we find out that Chrome Skull was just laying in the back of this hearse with Stephen's dead mom, and he has like a knife in the back of her head, and that's how he was like using her as a puppet. Yeah, pretty gross. It's stuff. pretty gnarly stuff, man. And he once again Chrome Skull beat them to their fucking destination and set up an elaborate plan. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's just always one step ahead. This dude's driving a fucking jet back and forth between <laughs> these places or he is or it's a supernatural thing yeah man that maybe that which it could very well be i mean you have the jasons and the michael myers of the world yes and that yeah and that's how again how this uh really plays back into uh the, those 80 slasher films so from here tucker decides to go back to his house his reasoning was he didn't want his uh his wife's brother to find her dead body the next morning. So he's going back there to move her or something, but she's gone at this point. And yeah. so he grabs a gun, uh, but he leaves Stephen and business Cleopatra at the funeral home. And then they look out the window and they see that Chrome Skull has literally set up his, uh, home base in the building right next to the funeral home. Yeah, so there's like a barn out here or something, and we see his car sitting in front of it, and they're just kind of watching through the window uh, to see what is happening, I guess. Yeah. And so they decide that they're going to just kill Chrome Skull, right? I mean, I think that's the the gist of what happens. They're going to attack this time. Yeah. Um so, so they, they sneak outside, and they're watching him from the bushes. Yeah. Uh, he glues his mask on again. Right. Which I guess every Re adhesive deteriorates over time. Right. Always having to reapply. Yeah. So they watch him from the bushes, and he... I think, I think the girl, I think she makes a noise. Yeah, she makes, like, some weird whimpering sound. Uh, and, and so Chrome Skull hears them, and... She runs inside the building, and Steven tries to distract him, and he just wants nothing to do with Steven. Yeah, he just, like, looks right past him and leaves him there. Steven chases him to the door, and Chrome School slams it behind him. Chrome School? Chrome School. Chrome School. Even better name. <laughs> and Steven follows him to the door, and he shuts it, and, and Steven takes, like, the the babyest <laughs> Swing. swings at this door with this fucking... Tire, tire stick. stick. We missed that. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. How can we not talk about that? Well, Just real quick. Yeah, we, we need to go back and address this. Uh, I'll let you do the honors on so, this one. So they check the back of the car at one point to look for weapons, and 
the girl, business Cleopatra, looks into the trunk and says, get the tire stick. Amnesia has taken the ability to come up with the word tire iron. She was happy, or, right? Or crowbar, or anything that maybe resembled what this weapon was. So she just tire stick. Yeah, <laughs> it's like she's a fucking child, man. That's definitely a tire stick. <laughs> that is a tire stick. So anyway, we just had to. I had to throw that in there because we missed that, and that's a great, great scene in the movie. I will never not call it a tire stick. No. So we cut into the we cut into the barn where. Uh, business Cleopatra has run to get away from Chrome Skull. <laughs> I can't say Chrome Skull. It's a mouthful. Yeah, so she goes and she hides behind an open coffin. Inside this place, there are bodies fucking everywhere. There are so many bodies. There's In like, coffins. There's like 50 caskets around. And there's some weird kind of sexual looking stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, so like uh, there's a Naked, dead body. Uh, head cut off. With the head cut off, and then there's a girl tied in her, tied face down to kind of to her pubic region. Yeah, and she's alive. And she's alive, and she gives away uh, Business Cleopatra's hiding spot. Yeah, because she's, she's crying for help, so Business Cleopatra jumps up to run away, and Chrome Skull's not happy about uh, this girl giving away her position. Right. And he just saws her... Head off. Oh, dude, it is gruesome. It's one yeah. of the worst, like, movie beheadings. He, like, cuts her head, like, just, like, hacks it halfway off and then just rips her head off. Yeah, he just grabs her hair and just pulls it backwards until it, like, just splits and, and like, pulls apart. And then he just puts it on the head of the naked body that yeah, she was yeah. laying on top of. There's no rhyme or reason to what he's doing, I don't think. No, it's just gross. Uh, so he catches back up with business Cleopatra and obviously, this is where we find out this is some sort of game to him. Because he catches her, and instead of murdering her, he gives her a sedative and knocks her out. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Just like, syringe to the throat. And so she has been incapacitated. Yeah. Uh, Steven and Tucker are doing whatever Steven and Tucker do. Right, just... Steven tucking about. Yeah, so th- this is where we find out that Chrome Skull obviously has done this before. He's watching a video of one of these these attacks, and he opens up his camera and it says Fairfield on it. Which we're not in Fairfield, guys. We're not. We're in the holler <laughs> at this point, and we know that Miami, he's been to Miami. So we find out that this is obviously not the first time that he has done something like this. And... Business Cleopatra wakes up once again in in a box. (laughs) In a box. Where the dead people are. Yeah, she's back where the dead people are in a box. Uh, And so we kind of get this, we're we're starting over again. We're back to uh, the same scenario as the beginning of the movie. Now he's, Chrome School set up, the video camera to film her inside the casket and is just kind of fucking about with her, dragging his knife across the uh, coffin and all this stuff. And Yeah, he drills a hole in it and like just mounts the video camera where he, he can see her face inside of this box. And, and then uh, Tucker and Steven come just strolling in like a couple of goons <laughs> they are. Uh, and... 
they find her and find out she's still alive inside the casket. After they open up. After they open up a few with some dismembered bodies. Yeah. Uh, which well, it, that, didn't he shoot? Doesn't he shoot Chrome Skull? Yeah. So there's the he he shoots at Chrome Skull and hits him. Uh, they they find out where she is. They unlock the casket. Um, there's a kind of a cool scene where Steven drops a bullet into the chest cavity of a dead body. Oh, yeah, and he's like, he's got to reach down into it to pull it out. Right. He is horrified. Yes. Uh, and so they they run out, and uh, so has been shot at this point, so he's incapacitated for a moment. And they run out, and they climb into Chromeskull's car. Um, and this, again, is kind of a... Just a, I don't. I don't know. Just a weird scene. Uh, so they 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 find his Chrome cell phone. Yeah. Which is password protected. He, they try to make a call. He dials nine one one, hits call, and then it comes up, and he's like, "Oh, oh, you need a password to make the call." So then they start the worst game of guessing what Chrome Skull's password is. I think th- I think murder is one that they try right. and they they try Chrome Skull. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, this is kind of... I don't know if we've alluded to this, but I, I, from from Steve and I get definite shaggy vibes from <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's got that whole thing going like, on. Uh, and so we get some really great delivery of some lines here so as they're trying to figure out uh, how to how to use this phone. They, they find... So business Cleopatra finds all these tapes in the glove box of all the murders. And there's probably like 20 or 30 oh, tapes yeah, yeah. from all the cities that Chrome School's been murdering around in. Um, at the same time, Tucker... Uh, is it? I don't know if it's Tucker or Steven. One of them finds Cindy's body in the trunk. Yeah, oh yeah. And so they decide to move, move the bodies and then they head back to Steven's house. Oh yes, yeah, to check... To check the email. To check the email. To see what the police have to say about this. Right. Uh, so we, at this point, Chrome Skull digs the slugs out of his body and stitches himself up and is back on it the for the attack. Chrome Skull field kit. <laughs> Always handy. Yeah, oh yeah. So, for some reason, Business Cleopatra decides she's going to take this car and go somewhere. Yeah, so she's going to uh, the general store. That's right. She checked, she pulled up his GPS, his navigation system. Which, by the way, all of this, so all of this is connected. The the phone, the GPS, somehow Chrome Skull gets the phone back. Yeah, right. Uh, and like, he can see where she's going. Yeah. Because he's so fucking high tech that all of his shit is he like he runs his own chrome chrome skull chrome skull chrome skull network chrome school chrome skull we're going to come up with about 100,000 names for chrome skull through the uh the recording of this but um so as she's driving back she leaves Tucker and Steven and they start walking she goes to the last place he was at Right, she she uses his his GPS to go to the last place. Yeah, Isn't that what it was? I, I'm not sure if it's the last place or if she just tries to find the closest place. But yeah, she she ends up at the convenience store uh, down the street. Uh, Tucker and Stephen decide to 
go on foot. Which she's she's got to be at least a, a couple of miles away. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive. Um, so she pulls up into the um, parking lot and. We find out she's gone through the glove box and she finds his insurance registration yeah. or something. And, and we find out Chrome Skull's real name. <clears throat> Jesse Chrome. Boom! Jesse Chrome <laughs> is Chrome Skull. Not that that has any bearing or anything, it's just fucking badass. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, at the same time here, we, we've got. Some so there's these two who can only be described as fuck boys, uh, dude bros, driving down the street listening to probably the greatest song of all time. <clears throat> uh, I think uh, Uncle Pony Boy is gonna give you a little rendition here. <clears throat> Sexy bitches are my favorite bitches, and that is the song over. And over again. And yeah. even when it shows them singing it after the fact. Yeah, they like go into the, <laughs> the convenience store singing sexy bitches are my favorite bitches. Yeah, 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 it's really, it's really great. I don't know if it's an original or if you guys know the artist who performs this song, please let us know because we would like to have a digital copy of that This song. is going on my playlist. <laughs> this is what I'm going to listen to at work. <laughs> just, just all day in the headphones. Sexy, Sexy bitches are, are my favorite, favorite bitches. bitches. <laughs> the greatest. Okay. So business Cleopatra is is sitting in her car. She tries to get the dude bro's attention. They sing the song at her like she's trying to hit on him while she's screaming and banging on a window because he's he's she's locked in his car at this yes, point. Yes, he has used his remote technology <laughs> to lock the Chrome mobile. <laughs> she can't get out of this fucking car. So these guys just go in and they're like talking about some rave and how fucked up they're going to get. And then they go to buy some beer. And while they're doing this, Chrome Skull shows up and attacks business Cleopatra in the car. Yeah, so he goes at her pretty hard. She gouges his injured eyeball. There's this... I, I don't know. There's this scuffle between them, which ends in him kind of getting in control, pulling out his cell phone... And he can't talk, so he decides to type her a message. Yeah. Um, the context of which is haunting. <laughs> uh, he types out a message that says something along the lines of, "Go inside and get me a ta- another tape because I'm out of memory." He's out of memory on his <clears throat> tape <clears throat> yeah. for his camcorder, yeah. and then he says something to the effect of. A lot of people have died tonight because of stupid use. His great word word usage there. Chrome Skull's obviously stupid. an intelligent individual. Yeah, stupid you. So he he sends her in to get this tape. The dude bros are at the counter buying some beer, and they hit on her, try to get her to go to the rave or whatever, which she doesn't for whatever reason. She just walks up. And goes to buy the tape. Right. So she doesn't let anyone know that she's in distress or anything, but the young buck behind the counter seems to work it out, probably because Chrome Skull is honking the shit out of his horn and texting her because he gave her the phone. Well, what he texts her is pretty, pretty intense. He says, bring the tape now, bitch. Uh, and- Which the young store clerk... Played by Lucas Till, who is uh, 
had a pretty nice career. He's been he was an X Men uh, first class, X Men Days of Future Past, X Men Apocalypse. He's done quite a few p- big movies in the last couple of years. He's going to be in the the new MacGyver oh. series. So he, he's he's gotten around. This guy is actually other than other than uh, Cersei Lannister herself, the most famous person in this movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, he has a rap sheet on him. Yeah. <laughs> so. She, he sees uh, the messages that she's getting. Right, and hears him honking, and he pulls out his shotgun from under the counter. He takes fucking control of the situation. He's he's going to make sure that Chrome Skull does not hurt anyone else. Yeah, he is... Uh, this kid's probably like 16 years old. He gives no fucks about taking the shotgun out, the sawed-off shotgun, and confronting this man with the camera on his shoulder and the chrome mask carrying... Fucking butcher knives. Right. And, and so, again, you, you get kind of this weird... He he comes out and confronts him, but you can tell he do, he's acting like a hard ass, but he doesn't want to shoot him. Yeah, he tells him multiple times... Back up. Yeah, I'm going to po- shoot you in the face. Or pointing whatever. a gun at him. And Chrome Skull just continues to walk up to him. Uh, he, he, he calls his bluff. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then, For sure. Yeah, he just <laughs> says, no. Nah, no. Nah. So... We then have another one of the coolest kills in this movie. So listen, if you just you have to you have to watch this movie just for this shit. I know we've I know we've talked about this probably three times since since we started recording, but you have to see it for these kills. So he goes. Chrome Skull walks all the way up to a young store clerk, I believe, is what he is in the credits, and. Just grabs the shotgun. Like, yeah, just pushes it straight up under his chin. Yep. And blows the fuck out of his head. This reminds me of a, you know, like like if you've seen like Scanners or, or in Maniac, there's a great shotgun to the face scene. But this is one of those like, it blows the whole front side of his face off. Never cuts away. And this one is actually, you can tell it's a mixture of CGI. Yeah, some CGI there. And, uh... But it's also a mixture, you know, the body's obviously a uh, fabricated body, but dude, it looks fucking cool. Yeah, it does. It looks really good. I mean, it pulls off gunshot wound to the head oh, better yeah. than most movies. Uh, so, <clears throat> at, at the same time, we've got the uh, dude bros inside who have... Uh, revealed themselves not to be as dude broy as they <laughs> came across. So they're they're trying to call the cops... One of them goes to the back room and is immediately murdered by yeah. Chrome Skull, yeah. who is somehow snuck around the back. Pretty sweet neck carving scene. Yeah, another as well. great neck carve. Um, so then we kind of run into we get a uh, we Tucker and Steven come to the front. They get in, so we now have all of the remaining living characters in one space. Yeah. and Chrome Skull is on the attack, and somehow he snuck the head of dude bro number two into the fucking (laughs) freezer in the same room as everyone else. Yeah, without being seen, he somehow gets the head into the uh, freezer. Yeah. Uh, Teleportation. Yeah. I mean, we've established that he can move... He's obviously something special. Yeah, you know, he can move in ways that don't make sense. He bends the laws of physics and time... Uh, he exists on another planet. <laughs> uh, so somehow he put this head in the freezer. 
Um, <clears throat> so then the cell phone goes off on the counter. Mm-hmm. Everybody's standing in the... He's cut the power at this point. Everybody's standing in the front of this store and the cell phone goes off. Te- text message tone. Right. Uh, Steven goes to look at it and as he's reading the message, Chrome Skull just fucking pops up behind the counter. Now, there, there's a... <clears throat> we missed a little portion here where somehow Steven gets access to Chrome Skull's field kit. Oh, yeah, it's sitting inside the store. It's sitting in the store, which I don't know how it gets in there. Um, but basically, he does talks about some nerdy shit and pours <laughs> some stuff into the glue that he uses to glue his mask on. Well, it's some kind of like super strong like model adhesive or something. He tells a story about how he had dripped some on his leg when he was a kid, and it burned through, and it like... Burned the fabric to his leg, to and his they had leg. to cut it out and yeah. all that stuff, so... Basically, it's an adhesive that burns really badly if you get it on your skin or anything like that. Okay, so anyway, he gets this text message, and he goes over to read it, and as he's reading it, Chrome Skull appears from behind the counter. And that The text, and this is where it t- ties into the intro, the text says, Little Piggy should have stayed at home. Right, yeah, yeah. So that, right back, call back to the credits. Shinfo. Yeah, like, yeah. So he jumps out and he's got a fix-a-flat, I believe. Right. And he shoves the tube in Steven's <laughs> ear and just starts filling his fucking head up with fix-a-flat. And while he's doing this, he's being shot at by Tucker. Doesn't phase Chrome nope, Skull. He just, just takes the bullets. Yeah, he just starts filling Steven's head up until it starts to expand and eventually pops like a fucking balloon. <laughs> And it is great. It looks so cool because, like, his like, like, I, his like face like melts and yeah. like, uh, like I, I don't know, man. Just watch it. Fucking watch. Yeah. It. yeah. Fucking watch all of this. You can listen to us explain all of it, uh, and it will not do it justice. It's like, uh, did you ever see? Uh, did you ever see Stitches? I have not seen Stitches. Okay, Stitches, great movie. It's about a killer clown that comes back from the dead. Always but great. He uses clown-like items to kill people, and he takes a bicycle pump and sticks it in somebody's head and pumps Pumps it up until it explodes. So this is right up there with that as one of the best head-exploding scenes. Yeah. So Steven's dead, and Tucker decides that he's going to sacrifice himself to save this person he doesn't know. (laughs) I mean, maybe he doesn't have anything to lose anymore because his wife's dead, but... He still does not know this person. Right, yeah. Still not a logical decision. No, no. So they fight. Uh, he attacks Chrome Skull. Chrome Skull just knifes him right in the chest. I mean, just... You're not you're not getting up from it. Tucker hits the floor, and Chrome Skull does another one of his great twisty knife removals. Oh, dude, it's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I just... I can't think of a cooler way to pull a knife out of somebody. Man. Oh, no. Like, that's a weird thing to think about, but... <laughs> like it's it's fucking brutal, man. Like I like I like I I can just see him being so deranged that just stabbing someone's not enough. You have to like mutilate oh, yeah. them, <laughs> right? Well, what's funny about this scene is is he sacrifices his life to save uh, business business Cleopatra, <laughs> and. She literally, she doesn't even try to run away. She falls she, against the wall and cries and screams. And screams and cries and watches him get murdered. So after Tucker gets killed, she jumps in the freezer where the head was. Right, and somehow uh, dude bro number one has been locked outside. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So he's out of the picture at this point. He he went out to he went out to escape or something. Or maybe I don't know what he was doing. Nobody cares. I was hoping he would die. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been another great kill. But anyway, so he's gone. Uh, I think he tries to come back in, but can't get in because the door's locked. So business Cleopatra decides there's only one place to hide, and that's the cooler. Yeah. She climbs into the back of this really deep cooler. <laughs> and Chrome Skull fucking busts through the glass. Head first. Face first. It is fucking great. I mean, that's the, that's one of the and scenes we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. It, it's shot um, from the perspective of Business Cleopatra where you see his face coming through the glass and coming at you. And it's all dark. Uh, except it's 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 lit where right where his face is, but everything else is dark yeah. and it looks creepy. It's a pretty as great fuck. shot, man. It's yeah, a it's, pretty great shot. It's a really good shot of just kind of how creepy the mask and everything is. Well, and then he this is when he leaves. He just sits the video camera down in front of Business Cleopatra. Yes. So now we are finally going to understand what's going on. Uh, so he leaves the the camera with Business Cleopatra and steps back for a moment, and she. Turns on the tape. Yeah. Uh, and lo and behold. It's her. It's her. It is her abduction. So we're in a shady hotel room, and she comes in on the and gets on the bed. Business cash. Business cash. All dressed business cash. Uh, says something about... Don't you uh, want more than a blowjob? Yeah, you only paid for a blowjob, yeah. but like... Fuck me or whatever. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Because <laughs> she's a really bad prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's just standing there looking like Slender Man in his Gucci suit. Yeah. And uh, so basically he she sees the camera recording. I don't know if it's in his bag or what, and she's like, Oh, you're gonna have to pay more for that. Right. And she crawls over and she's looking at the camera and he just smacks her in the back of the head with a baseball bat. Yeah. Real hard. Yeah. Real fucking hard with an aluminum baseball bat. <laughs> Knocks her clean out. So that's how Chrome Skull came across the girl. Right. So So there's no it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to to the, the victims that he chooses because the, the, the girls in the coffins were blonde. She's dark headed. Yeah, I don't she's know. She's a if, prostitute. I don't know if they're all prostitutes or what the motive is. I mean, again, that plays back to the eighties slashers where it was like People who did unsavory sexual things like having premarital sex. Uh, always. <laughs> always were the chosen victims. Yeah, every uh, goddamn time. And usually the final girl was the one that would not en- engage in those sort of activities. But So you kind of get a, an idea of maybe he's like trying to kill her because she's a prostitute. But then again, that doesn't really translate over into... We don't know the backstories of any of the other girls. Right. It all seems pretty pointless, so I'm not exactly sure why this <laughs> is even a part of the movie. But well, and then, and then so she watches the video. Chrome Skull. She knocks his mask off with the. She's like kicking the grate at him. Right. When and she knocks his mask off, and so he, being Chrome Skull, he has to stop everything that he's doing to go glue his mask back on his face because that's obviously the most important thing. Big mistake. Yeah, yeah. so she's... You can tell by the look on her face that she's pretty stoked about this. <laughs> when she sees this happening, she's got this fucking look of satisfaction She on her knows face. she's got the ace up her sleeve. Yeah. So she watches him get into the Chrome Skull field kit and apply the... 
uh, adhesive, which they have poured a new chemical into, and he sticks it on his face, and what ensues is some of the greatest practical <laughs> gore I have ever seen in my life. It's a pretty good scene, for sure. And he, like, so the mask, like, burns onto his face. I mean, it's, like, melting his face underneath, and he is reaching below the mask yeah, it, to it, pull it off, and it's his skin's pulling with it, and, like, he, he's fighting it, and, like, it's just gooing and bleeding everywhere, and it, it's a great, you great see, shot. Yeah, we, we cut to a scene of the back of his head, and you see his fingers go up to the top of the mask and start to try and pull it off, and he's just digging into his flesh. As it's falling and off. And as he's pulling the mask off, you can see all, the, like, his skin gum, you know, gummily being stuck yeah, oh, to yeah. the mask. Uh, he then rips it all the way off uh, and falls down onto the ground with no face left. Yes, so you've just got meat off. and like gargling uh, fat and skin, and it's just so gross. And his head is just fucking demolished at this point. And then she demolishes it even more. <laughs> and then, just to make sure that he's dead... She picks up a baseball bat from above the counter. Poetic justice, my right? friend. And smashes the fuck yeah. out of his head. It goes everywhere. It's one of those really sweet scenes where she brings down the baseball bat and blood just sprays all over the place. So that's the end of uh, Chrome Skull. Yeah, so I mean, basically she gets out and gets in, a, in the car with dude bro number one and drives off. Well, first... In Tucker's pocket, she finds the printout that Stephen printed for him. Okay. And it's the missing person's uh, notice with her face on it. So she's like, oh shit. She still doesn't remember anything, but she has a name. Right. So now she knows knows who she is. She knows that she was a prostitute. Uh, And she just gets off and drives off into the sunrise with Dude Bro 1. Yeah, he's, he's chilling outside just waiting. In the car. <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting in the car for some reason. He didn't take off. He was like, fuck it, I guess I'll just I'll sit just, right here. Just chill it out. So she jumps in the car. They have a uh, pointless conversation, and they decide to drive off into the sunset together. Sunrise. Oh, sunrise. Because it's morning now. Damn it, man. <laughs> Damn it. So let's get down to a, a brass tacks here. Yeah. What... Are you gonna give this? Do you want to? Let's do a star rating first. Okay. So if you were gonna, if you were gonna rate this like you would like a movie that was gonna be nominated for an Oscar, man, that's a tough thing to do. Um, really. Um, just for for me, star wise, I would give this six stars. It, yeah. It's it's a good movie. It's entertaining. Um, the acting is hit and miss. Yeah, oh yeah. The writing's sure. hit and miss, but it you know it's all it all works and it has a very like cool ties back to some of the original. It's films. got a good pacing. It flows really well. Yeah, you know, um, for what it is, I feel like it's it it's a great movie. Now let's hear let's hear well, the stab rating. I don't know if you guys are really ready for the stab rating. <clears throat> let's hear it, man. I wanna I wanna I want your stab rating on this. I give it 10 stabs, man. 10 out of 10. Oh my God. There is not a stabbier worthy movie <laughs> out there. This is just, you know, it takes, a, there, it takes a lot of what's missing from 80s films and elaborates on that because we're in a day and age now 
where the gore can be shown, the yeah. gore can be accomplished, it can be shot. You know, you don't have to have a bunch of money to make a movie that looks good uh, and is put together well. Well, and they did it right because they they used the CGI to supplement. They didn't use just, you know, because like a lot of movies now use fucking CGI blood spurts and CGI blood, and it, it, it looks like CGI. Right. Like, the guy getting his face blown off with a shotgun looks so fucking real, and it was because they mixed... You know, uh, uh, practical effects with CGI. CGI. Yep. Exactly. And, and so this movie just time and you know over and over again the the kills are so great. The acting is abhorrent <laughs> uh, at times, yet you know believable at times. And then you, there's just there's plot. You know, there's a few plot holes and stuff like stuff that doesn't make sense. Like. Uh, a weird form of selective amnesia. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, and Crime like, Skull's superhuman abilities. It's every fucking thing you want <laughs> in a horror movie. Yeah. You know, like in a fun horror well, movie. That, that's what I meant when I, you know, when I said that it, it's hard to tell how much of it is like tongue in cheek because it's so perfect as an '80s slasher movie. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? It's executed better than most '80s slasher movies. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. It, at being an '80s slasher, like. It is, it's a perfect throwback. It it definitely takes everything from that time period, takes what, you know, what made those movies special, and then adds to it what we now have in present day, you know, what we, what we have the ability to right, do. Right, yeah. No, I got you completely, yeah. What's your stab rating? Ooh, I'm not going to go with a 10. <laughs> okay, so, and then here's why, because <clears throat> there are movies out there that I'm reserving the 10 stab uh, rating for. But it's definitely, definitely an 8 for me, which is still a pretty respectable stab rating. a respectable rating. stab rating. I mean, like you said, it, it, when it comes to special effects and, and, and the acting and everything about it, it's just such a fucking perfect throwback to 80s splatter movies. And then, and same with like, uh, it's right there with like Hatchet yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's got that, <clears throat> the great gore, the insane kills, the... <laughs> ridiculous story and it's just it's everything you want out of an 80s slasher movie which I mean it's not an 80s slasher movie but it fits right in with them it it does it's like an 80s slasher movie that's just better quality oh yeah for sure so that is gonna do it for this episode of Gore Gab and that is the modern classic laid to rest Please let us know what you guys thought of the podcast. If you check out the movie, let us know what you think about the movie. Uh, you know, any thoughts you guys have, whatever, send them our way. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Gorgab Podcast. Or you can get on cupholderradio.com and find us there along with other great podcasts. Uh, you can shoot us an email at Gorgab1985 at gmail.com. You know, or just whatever, man. Comment, review, you know, review us on the podcast store. Subscribe to us on the podcast store. Uh, Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Let us know if you think we're annoying. (laughs) Let us know if you think we're stupid. It doesn't matter. We'll take your feedback. So again, thank you for listening, and we will see you guys later. Sexy bitches are my favorite bitches. Nailed it. This episode was brought to you by Cupholder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. If this podcast doesn't make your skin crawl, 
It's on too tight. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. What will it take for us to get you into a new podcast today? I don't know. Are you going to put me in one? Actually, Sergio, you are in one. Both of us host the Scream 101 podcast. It's a horror movie review podcast where every month we dive deep into a specific genre, starting from the biggest hits and going down to the most obscure. This month, we're doing vampires. 20,000 leagues into vampires. Yep, that... (laughs) You said deep, um, and that makes yeah. me think ocean. Yeah, sail the ocean of different unknown genres with us. Vampires. Find us on Cupholder Radio every weekend or wherever podcasts are sold, i.e. the podcast app on iTunes.